Nigeris HaKedosh, Simen Chafhei, the 25th letter, the Alter Rebbe explains a statement attributed to the Baal Shem Tev in the Sefer Tzavos HaRivosh, in which he says that if a non-Jew is trying to interrupt your davening or distract you from the davening, it is the Shechina clothed within this non-Jew's words who is cursing or distracting you from the davening that is a test from above being expressed through the non-Jew. And there were those in the times of the Alter Rebbe who were very critical of this statement and didn't understand how it can be said that the Shekhinah is expressing itself through the unholiness of this act. So the Rebbe first explains, the Alter Rebbe first explains how in the Jewish soul, every one of the ten powers of the Neshama is directly connected to the ten attributes from which they derive, so that the Chachma of the Neshama comes from the divine Chachma, the speech of the Neshama comes from the divine speech, which enlivens them and gives them power and so on. And the same is true also of the non-Jewish soul that they all derive from holiness and therefore it is holiness that gives them life at all times. If this is the case, then it is correct to say that the actions and the speech of the non-Jewish neshama, of the non-Jewish soul, is also an expression of the attributes above. And with this, he explains why it is that the person should not be angry at the non-Jew that curses him or tries to cause him pain because he has to believe that this is coming from God and that the non-Jew is a messenger, a shliach, at that moment and that the shechina is clothed within the act or the speech of the non-Jew in order to bring about the pain or the discomfort or the distraction that had been decreed from above that it should come to the Jew. And the, the thought that God would come down, that the Shekhinah would come down so uh, far from the height of heights down to this low condition to be in exile within the evil choice of the non-Jew, that all of this is worthwhile, is justified, all so that the person can pass the test, rise to the, to the challenge and pass the test by davening more intensely and so on, that this itself makes it easy. This awareness makes it easy to overcome the distraction and thereby remove the unholiness and, and put an end to the klipa. Now, if, on the other hand, the people who have a hard time with this concept will argue that what the Arizal teaches that godliness is clothed, Ruchnius is clothed in Klippa, that that is limited and restricted to the spiritual part of the Klippa, in other words, Klippa in its origin, as for example, the angel that represents the nation, but not the nation in the physical sense, because the physical is too lowly for the Shekhinah to be present in it. So the Al-Tarebbe says, 
the Shekhinah is present in earth. Earth is more physical than a human being. So if the Shekhinah can be described as being clothed in the earth, then certainly the Shekhinah is clothed in the human being. And if we're going to argue that the difference between the earth and the non-Jew who is acting wickedly or evil is that the earth is innocent, whereas this person is wicked, if we want to talk about the unholiness and the wickedness, then the origin of wickedness, which is the spiritual klippa, is far worse than the finite evil of the human being. And if in the source of klippa the shrina is present or is in exile within it, then it's certainly true also of the human being who is behaving in a wicked or evil manner. And this is what we're going to learn in today's Shia for the third day of Cheshvan. It's on, in Igeris HaKedosh, on page 282. The number at the bottom of the page is 548. We're actually a line before that on the preceding page. Bottom of the page, Kufmem Aleph. Now it would seem to me the Alter Rebbe says that they're seizing on this passage and, and complaining about the statement that the Shekhinah is present in the non-Jew is not so much a complaint about the phrase or the word whether it should read Shekhin um, or Mislabesh exactly what the term should be to describe the presence of the Shekhinah. So it's Eina Mitzadik Dukaloshan. It is not only because of the inaccuracy of the expression. Their problem is not with, this, with the phrase, their problem is with the whole concept of the Shekhinah being present in Klippa. Because they don't have the faith, the emunah of the Mashakos of Hadizal, in that which the Hadizal writes, Sefer Hagilgulim, in the Sefer Hagilgulim, that everything in the in the physical is invested with the presence of the Shechina in order to keep it alive and to keep it functioning. Because if they were to make the distinction if they were to argue the distinction between the Ruchnius part of the Klippa and the physical being of the non-Jew who is acting wickedly, there's nothing more physical than the, than the dust, than the sand of the earth. And in spite of its physicality, in spite of how low and mundane it is, there is the presence of the Malchus Da'asiyah. And Malchus is Shekhinah, and within the Malchus of Asiyah, which is present in the physical earth, there is the presence of Malchus Da'asiyah, and so on up to Atsilus. So if we're talking about how physical the person is, the non-Jew is, and that's why the Shekhinah can't be present well, the earth is more physical and the Shina is present. The emission to and if we're going to argue, not because the person, the non Jew, is physical, but because he is unholy, because he's wicked, 
הרי נפשי שאי הם מזיווג זון דקליפוס הרוחניים כמו שקוסו ואריזון. Even the neshamas, even the unholiness of it, is derived from the mating or the joining of the attribute, the six emotions. And malchus, which gives rise to neshamas, which gives birth to neshamas, and even the neshamas of klipa, are created in this fashion. Nimto, so we see, shaharuchnim mokir to mosom, that it is the spiritual that is the source of their unholiness as well. So either way, whether we're going to argue about the physical, mundane lowliness of the human being or the unholiness of his neshama or his behavior, either way it remains true that the Shekhinah is present in their soul. Now, though the truth is that, that this subject needs a thorough and lengthy explanation, how this presence of the Shekhinah comes to be in the Klippa, but the, the argument, the criticism is not against the Baal Shem Tev or against, against the teachings of Hasidus, but rather against the Ariza. So if we don't understand, then our difficulty is with the teachings of the Arizal, which we are supposed to believe with pure faith. And the listeners, the hearers, should not uh, accu- suspect me or accuse me. That I, in my own estimation, have understood the words of the Arizal, and were able, was able to extract them from their physical sense and understand them in their abstraction. I came only to explain the words of the Baal Shem Tev and his students with the Baal Shem Tev's teaching, which is based on the Kabbalah of the Arizal. And particularly since this subject is not really a Kabbalistic subject and it is not from the hidden things that are known only to God, rather it is a subject and a matter that is revealed and known to us, in that we have to believe with a perfect faith. In an explicit statement in Torah, the words of the verse, the heavens and the earth I fill, says God, and the, and the verse has to be understood in its literal sense as well, in addition to whatever Kabbalistic meanings there might be. And so we have to believe that God is present in everything that is on heaven and on earth. We find also that it is generally an accepted principle of faith in the average Jew. 
This is something that they received from their holy ancestors. The ancestors who were innocent in their relationship to God without trying to bring down the level of the relationship to human intelligence. Because the subject is far above our intelligence and therefore we don't know how it is that God fills the world even though the world is lowly and unholy and so on. So they, they accepted it on innocent, pure faith that it is so without trying to, to bring it down to the, to the finite and limited levels of human intelligence. Rather, it is an innovation of the, of the recent times that, that there are those who come along and want to bring the subject down to the level of human intelligence. And we can't bring it to the level of intelligence without first introducing the principles of the Arizal, extracted from their physical sense, and as I heard from my teachers, how the subject has to be understood properly and not in the in the mundane or physical sense. But this explanation cannot properly be, be achieved in a letter rather it has to be orally from mouth to ear, so to speak, and to an ear that is open to hearing and to the select few who are who are capable of understanding and to the remnants um, who who call to God who God calls on to them as it says those who seek the Lord will understand it all and from the positive we can infer the negative that those who don't seek will not be able to understand. So now you have seen one explanation from the well-known writings. And this should serve as an example and as a sign. That any other statement you might come across that might be that might sound strange or astonishing, they have an explanation um, if you are familiar or to those who are familiar with Kabbalah. But let them not expect me to explain it all in letter in a letter. Because it is a very difficult task and actually impossible to be done properly in a letter. 
Instead, if you want, send one of your congregation, one of your members, an individual. And I will speak to him face to face and explain it to him. And God, may God be with me, or with my mouth, in my, in my speech, in my explanations. And may the words of my mouth find favor in God's eyes. In the Hayyim Yim, for the third day of Cheshvan, which is a continuation of yesterday's Hayyim Yim, where the Rebbe said that you have to live with the time, and that is the Parsha. So the Rebbe says that Bereshis is a cheerful Sedra. And the ending is not so cheerful. Nayach, the, the Parsha of Nayach, is basically a description of the flood. So it's not a cheerful uh, sedra. The week ends on a happy note with the birth of our father Avraham. The really joyous week is that of Parshas Lech Lecha, because during this week we live every day with Avraham, who was the first to dedicate his life to spreading godliness in the world. And Avraham passed on this self-sacrifice as an inheritance to every Jew.